Republican or a Democrat. I'm a truthican, and the truth as I see it is that we've been divided in this country by design by people who benefit from that division, and it's not going to turn out well for 99% of us unless we all come together as one human race, realize we have all the power, and tell the establishment to go fuck themselves. Before Trump won, then everybody was like, these election machines are all fucked up. They shouldn't be connected to the internet, and why are there computers inside them when they just got account shit? But then Biden won, and they were like, no, they're fine now. If you're not smart enough to be my friend, fuck you. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Truth Again Podcast, episode 69. My good buddy, Mike Baldwin. Um, I like your shirt. Thanks. Yeah, it's funny. To do last year, mom. Whose shirt is that again? Uh, Wiz, Chris Winslow. He's a Wichita local comic. And yeah. Uh, yeah, I saw him wearing one one day and I was like, Do you sell those? And he was like, I do now. And I was like, All right, I want one, dude. Yeah. Well, if you're not familiar with this podcast, we're two professional stand up comedians and we talk about all the shit going on in the world right now. And uh, our, po- our opinions aren't all that popular in Hollywood, which probably means they are correct. And uh, I'm, I'm in Canada right now, which is why we have this kind of a different camera angle. But you guys don't tune into this to see my pretty face. As long as you can see us and hear us, then we're good. So, And I'm at home because I am not as cool as Tim is. So I'm just at my house. There's my Christmas tree. There's my lava lamp. Please acknowledge and appreciate them because I put a lot of work into lighting them up to where I could sit here and they would actually appear in the background. So it's a very exciting day. Uh, The comedy special is going pretty good. Uh, I'll tell you what's going better than the comedy special is clips of the comedy special. Um, I don't know how the hell to, to translate a clip watcher into a comedy special watcher but if I was capable of that, then I would have like millions of views. Uh, as it turns out, I only have 55,000 as of right now, which is still decent. I'm not mad about it or anything, but it's not enough for me to email a club and be like, what's up, dude? Are you ready to book me now? Like, <laughs> like it would if it was 8 million or something, you know? So, but I've taken like five minute chunks out of it here and there, and I've added text to them and stuff. And then posted them on everything and they've done really well on instagram and tiktok and reddit of all places which was a surprise to me because reddit is like notorious for just shitting on people and uh like 97 percent of the comp- comments have just been like compliments you know so and then there's a few here and there that's like oh man another bald white guy telling dick jokes that's original and I'm just like, well, I can't fix the first three quarters of those things that you said. And as far as the last part, that's just like this one particular clip about my dick. But whatever. Yeah, it's funny how people glob on to certain things, you know, like your special is 90 percent not dick jokes. And uh, I would say probably more than 90, actually. And uh, I watched it and. I rarely, if ever, uh, watch a comedy special from start to finish. It's just, it's not the same for me as it used to be, you know, before I started doing it for a living. Mm -hmm. I don't enjoy comedy the way I used to, but 
I watched all of yours and it was really funny. And it was, uh, like I told you earlier, I thought that camera was great. It looks very clear and professional and, uh, you should be proud of it, man. And, and it's funny how, um, you know, there's always going to be a few trolls and, uh, you know, trying to focus on them. I read a lot of the comments on your special. I haven't gone back to that YouTube page in a while, but I didn't see one negative comment on there, uh, which is pretty rare, especially on YouTube. You know, I think there's some people who just wake up in the morning going, who can I shit on today? Uh huh. Yeah. There were a few, there was one guy that said, <clears throat> I don't know if it was a, a diss as much as like a genuine question, but he was like, uh, I, I called the special number one top selling best comedy special ever just as a joke because it's none of those things you know uh but like uh, uh one of the comments was like i hope this title isn't just clickbait <laughs> and i was like of course it is it's it's free how can it be top selling when it's free yeah <laughs> yeah well you should be proud of it man i'm happy to hear the clips are doing well and, and i don't understand the internet either i haven't i haven't put a a clip on YouTube in a, a minute now. And uh, all of a sudden my YouTube, it's not like I'm killing it or anything, but I'm getting more subscribers every day. And I don't really understand why, but I'll take it. Um, so if anything there for a while, every time I would put up a clip, I would clip. Did I say clip? You did. <laughs> every time I would put up a clip, I was like losing subscribers. And I'm like, I think YouTube is just fucking with me. I don't, think that people are just like all of a sudden hate me but um so anyway um yeah it's a weird it's a weird thing the internet but it's gonna do good things for you and and 50 something thousand is pretty good for a full special especially just after what less than a week right yeah. out of week. it's right at well yeah technically less than a week as we record this it's three hours less than one week ago that it went up so yeah, I don't know. I'm just hoping it keeps going, you know, but I don't know what to do now, you know, just keep trying to post clips and stuff and like get people to watch it. If you're watching this, please go to HTTP colon slash slash www. I wish I knew all of the intricate <laughs> YouTube shit, but I don't. But my name is Mike Baldwin. Just fucking go to my website at mikeisfunny.com. I actually embedded it into my website. So you can just go to mikeisfunny.com and watch it right there, actually. So there we go. Yeah. You want to get into some shit or what? You got something else you want to talk about? Um, not really. I'm in Calgary, Canada right now, and the shows have been uh, pretty decent, actually, so far. We've done three, and we've got three more to go. They only have one show per night, which is pretty cool, um, because I'm lazy, and, and because, you know, I, I think that, like, I don't know, maybe the whole world is waking up a little bit, because the last time I was here, like, I was kind of suicidal the entire week. These shows were just miserable and the crowds have been small, but these people seem a lot more on board with some of the edgy things that I've been saying. Um, yeah. Last year, they weren't at all. It was almost like they were, I don't know, like they were terrified or something. And then the Saturday show was great last year when the guy was paying me. He's like, I'd love to have you back. And I'm such a whore. I'm like, I know I'm going to come back here, even though I hated it every <laughs> night. And here I am a year later, um, 
but so far the show's been fun and I've written some new jokes and it, it's funny how, you know, like the first night I tried these new jokes, I told the crowd towards the end of my set, I was like, you guys care if I try out some stuff I've never tried before? And of course they said yes. And, and it, and it, it killed some of the, some of the best laughs I got the whole night were of, of these new jokes, but it's weird how, and then the very next night, I, I tried to just put them in my act mm -hmm. and they did okay, but they didn't do near as well as they did the night before when I was just telling them like, these are new jokes. Right. Um, so comedy is just so weird that way, you know, how you can have something new and, and when they know it's new, they want to like, I don't know if they want to help you or if it's just funnier because you admittedly don't know if it's funny. Um, but then when you try to put it in your act, you know, like, oh, I think that would go well here. And then you mess up a couple of words and it's, you know, kind well, of, it's, it's hard, but it's also very satisfying when it goes well. Yeah. And they, they, there's something to like the excitement of like, man, this guy's t trying something on us that he's never tried before, you know? Yeah. I, I did a joke about powdered wigs, you know, like who was the first guy to wear a powdered wig and all that. And, this one guy came up to me after the show. And he's like, that was easily, he's like, I liked your whole thing, but that thing about powdered wigs was the funniest shit you did all night. And um, so I was all encouraged by it. And then I did it the next night, and they just kind of, they just kind of stared at me. And I was like, damn it, this comedy yeah. thing is fucking hard. Well, you got to figure <laughs> out how to say it correctly, you know. That's and you said like you were there a year ago saying controversial shit, and now you're back again, and they like it more now. It's probably because you're a year better at it at at starting those points you know yeah. and plus like i canada in general i think is they're probably a year behind the united states as far as their citizens being like wait what's going on exactly so i think they're starting to wake up a little more so when you say controversial political shit a year ago they were like oh well that's just disrespectful we shouldn't laugh at that and now they're like, no shit, man. Yeah, I've been making fun of Justin Trudeau, and they seem to kind of like that. Um, I don't think he's very popular these days. Um, so there's that also. And uh, the owner of the club is is an interesting character, though. Like, every night I tell him what I want to eat, and usually he makes me something different. It's like some kind of weird power trip thing. I mean, he's also like a, a, a chef or whatever. He's like a good cook, but... It's weird. He he never makes me what I tell him to make me. <laughs> <laughs> um, and what else was I going to say real quick? Um, Just before we move on, I want to say um, approval of Prime Minister Trudeau is currently at about 30%. Um, and disapproval is at about 65%. And 5% just don't give a shit at all. Yeah, 5%. Uh, technically, they are not sure slash can't say. Yeah. Well, so, so far, so far, it's been fun. And it's 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 interesting how much Canadians know about America. And up until like two years ago, I had no idea that Trudeau was the guy. Like, we don't know shit about Canada. But they right. seem to know most things about us. Yeah. Um, which is just interesting to me. Well, I mean, we're cooler than they are. We're well, we're the fucking quarterback, dude, and they're like the water boy or whatever. And they're like, "Oh my god, they're he's talking to me." Yeah, it, it is a it is kind of a 
maybe it's because winter time, but it's kind of depressing here. Like the city's kind of just gray and there's all this gray snow and, and it's cold and people just seem kind of depressed and beaten down here a little bit. Um, and where are you at again? Calgary, Alberta, which is kind of like the Little Rock of Canada. What is that uh, north of as far as states go? Um, well, I mean, Canada's huge, so it goes across a lot of states. But, but it, I mean, like, if you were to go directly south from where you are right now, what state would you hit first? Well, I mean, I'm not sure because of where Calgary is located, but I know like Minnesota and Michigan and those states go okay. it's pretty easy to get there from, from there. Um, like we went to Canada one night when I was in Detroit a long time ago with a buddy of mine. Um, we went to a strip club is in my twenties and he called it the Canadian ballet, which I thought was funny. And, uh, um, and my other buddy's like, you flew right over me to get to Canada. Speaking of Minnesota, and I'm like, I don't know if that, I don't know if we did, actually. I think it's pretty just a direct flight from California up into Canada. Canada is, like, ginormous. I'd say, like, 70, 80% of this country is just uninhabited, yeah. cold. That's uh, why I'm excited for this global warming that they keep threatening, because Canada will benefit almost more than any other country. They're going to have so much usable land if it really does, if global warming really does happen, you know, they're going to be the new fucking whatever. Plus Alaska will become like a, a tourist destination. It won't be warm there, but it'll be like the ice will melt and shit. You'll be able to go there and just hang out and stuff. Yeah. So let's go climate change. <laughs> yeah. I think it's all bullshit personally, but, um, before I do too, but I, that's always my argument, though, is when people are like, oh, the ice is going to melt. And I'm like, why is that? That's only bad for polar bears. No human <laughs> is like, fuck, the ice is melting. The humans are like, hell yeah, the ice is finally melting. We can do shit now. Yeah, I definitely don't think global warming is a thing in Canada because it's cold as fuck here. Yeah, uh, well, that's why they just call it climate change now, because then it could be anything. You're like, oh, there hasn't been rain in two weeks. And they're like, climate change. And you're like, oh, there's a hurricane. And they're like, climate change also. <laughs> it's like, but those things are opposites. Yep. Climate. Yeah. Um, and before we get started here, I did. Uh, I'm trying to sell tickets for January 5 and 6. I'll be at the Omaha Funny Bone. Uh, you can go to funnybone.omaha. I don't freaking know. Something. Omaha. Funnybone.omaha.com, I think, is where you can actually get tickets there's a specific link that'll take you straight to mine but i can't remember off the top of my head what it is and i also just booked january 12 and 13 at laughs in tucson arizona i'm pretty excited about that because it's one of the more uh, it's one of the better rooms in the entire country as far as i'm concerned i haven't been there in a long time um so i sent, I sent them an email a week or two ago and asking it because i'm doing uh, jp's in gilbert arizona in march and I was trying to get them to give me a week before or after that. But either they saw my email and chose not to respond or it just got lost. And they're what I assume are hundreds of emails that they get every day from comedians being like, can I work here? Yeah. Well, when, when we end the podcast, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll give you a couple of couple of tips on how to maybe get a hold of the guy. And I'll also tell you why I haven't been there in so long. <laughs> Noted. All right, let's uh let's show a video or something. All right. I've got um 
Let me look here. We can do an Alex Jones thing. We can do a... Uh, you want to hear uh, some specifics about all the stuff that Biden is currently potentially about to be impeached for? Yeah, I would like to hear that. And and uh, real quick, you mentioned Alex Jones. Did you watch the Tucker Carlson thing where he had Alex Jones on? Or is that yeah. Okay. Yep, I did. And I have you listened to any of the Twitter spaces lately? Uh, I haven't li listened to Twitter spaces, but I did think the Tucker Carlson interview of him was really good and and really informative. Well, they did because uh, the Tucker interview was like right around the time that uh, or it was technically before Elon unbanned him from X, <laughs> which is what we say now. Uh, so they did a space thing, which is like. It's sort of like a conference call, like anybody can get on and say whatever if the person running it allows you to to like unmute you, you know. So it was uh, that dude who you said you don't like Mario Narfall or whatever his name is and uh, and Alex Jones to start. And that went on for about an hour. And then Elon Musk himself joined in. And the first thing actually Elon got on a lot sooner than that. But anyway, the very first thing Elon said was like, all right, Alex, so what's up with the Sandy Hook thing? Like, tell me exactly what happened. And Alex is like, do you want the long version or the medium version? And Elon's like, the medium version, at least, like, just explain what the fuck happened. And Alex went through all of it and explained, like, you know, I, I wasn't claiming anything myself. I was just talking about what these other people were talking about, these I was showing videos that had millions of hits on YouTube already, and I was just talking about them with them. And yeah, maybe I uh, believe them for a short period of time, but that's allowed, you know? I wasn't, like, pissing on graves and whatever else they said. I wasn't, like, following families home and all of that stuff. So basically, like, I, I feel like Elon's a good judge of, like, like, if he didn't buy that excuse, he would have been like, well, I don't think that's good enough. You know, like, I I think you're a piece of shit still. But Elon was basically like, all right, well, thanks for explaining, you know. Yeah, I mean, I could be wrong, obviously, but I, I've, I've gotten away from thinking that Elon might not be a good guy. You know, I thought maybe because I saw like a David Icke interview and he was not very uh, positive concerning Elon Musk and like the AI stuff and it taking over the world and all this shit. And um, I agree with a lot of things David Icke says, but also there's also some things that I, I, I don't know if he's right about. Um, I don't think he's a, I don't think he's a Trump guy at all. I think he really doesn't like Trump. Um, but I don't know if his reasons are good. Um, but he, from what I've seen from Elon, I, you know, again, I could be wrong. Everything. I, I could be wrong about every freaking thing. I just don't think I am. And I, I don't know. I saw an interview with him a couple days ago and he seemed very thoughtful about stuff and he didn't seem like, I don't know. He seemed like he cared more about uh, waking the country up than he did about selling Teslas, you know, and the guy interviewing him, we may have even had that on, but the guy asked him, you know, like, aren't you worried about like what it'll do to, Tesla sales and all that. And he took a long time to answer the question, but he answered it very like thoughtfully. And he basically said, I don't give a shit about money and power. I care about what's right. And, uh, you know, yeah, he, he talked about, uh, some movie, I forget what movie he referenced. 
oh, uh, Princess Bride, where the, the guy's like about to kill him and he pauses and he's like, I'll give you gold. I'll make you king or whatever he said, you know, I'll, I'll give you my uh, castle or whatever. And Elon's like, you can't offer me money to think a certain way. He didn't say it like that. But yes, I know exactly. I saw the exact thing that you're talking about. Okay. Yeah, I really liked it. And I liked how long he paused before he answered the question, too. It's like, that's that's confidence right there, you know? Like, Yeah. Well, Jordan, Jordan Peterson does the same thing, where he's like, uh, somebody will ask him a question, and you can see him, like, writing down the question in his mind and, like, actually thinking of every part of the question and thinking about what his answer is going to be instead of what I would do which is just immediately chime back with like, uh, well, uh, and then just blabble or whatever. Like they, Elon and Jordan Peterson both have a brain like that where they're like, I'm going to think of my entire answer before I start speaking. Well, I'm going to make a conscious effort going forward in my life to pause a little more because something in me, I don't know if it's the stand-up comic in me that wants to like get my answer out and not look like I'm, fledgling or whatever that word is mm -hmm. um but i just want to speak and then and then halfway through it i'm like i'm not answering this very well at all <laughs> yeah I, this is how i am a lot <laughs> i do the same thing with jokes though you know where i'm like i want to talk about this idea and i'll get it sucks because i don't have the patience with myself to say more than i would say five sentences that don't get a laugh you know so if I start, if I try to start a new bit or whatever, if I get five sentences in and they're not at least like lean forward a little bit, like what's he going to say next? Then I, I just lose confidence. And I'm like, all right, I'll just go back to dick jokes or whatever. And then that gets a laugh. And then I'm like, I'm right back in it. But yeah. anyway, so let's do, uh, we were talking about Alex Jones. So we might as well start with the Alex Jones thing. Okay. Um, and then we'll do the other thing i was talking about pretty soon but here's alex jones a little snippet from him on tucker accurate prediction going back over a decade was when i read the rockefeller foundation operation lockstep uh, and they described using a virus to bring in world government to bring in a world medical id that they would then build a social credit score off of and that they would make people wear masks for fear that they would shut down sporting events and things like that and basically phase in this new tyranny. So I was also able to specifically um, make that prediction over and over and over again because I was going off their own battle plans. I'm currently reading MIT reports from their top councils, Pentagon uh, reports. They have a working group called the Mad Scientist Group uh, at the Pentagon that works with MIT. And if you go watch three hour long meetings they have uh, with all the top, I mean, we're talking hundreds of top scientists, they admit um, that they're building a post-human world uh, that soon everyone's going to be mind controlled. And I've learned what these people said in the 50s they would do were done by the 70s. What they said their plan was in the, in the uh, 70s for the 90s, they got done. Now they've got a Agenda 2030 and we're going to ban your gas stoves, we're going to ban beef, we're going to ban single family dwellings, uh, we're going to ban private ownership of cars, and we're going to do all this and, and now you see them rolling it all out. So I'm not really making predictions in these high level World Economic Forum and other large think tank groups, they are laying out the future. Navalno Harari, you, you can read his quotes, the future is not human. The human era is over. Uh, the public is useless. Yeah, that was a good interview. And 
and it's been community noted and most of the community notes have nothing to do with any of the facts that Alex Jones is talking about. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, we bitch about it all the time, but I don't know why they thought they had to put that. Uh, uh. Oh yeah. <laughs> Fucking music bothers me, but it helps them get, get hits and stuff. I've, I've been guilty of it myself. I've put music in the, in the background of a couple of things that I've done and, uh, so I, as much as I hate it, 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 at least it was at a decent volume. It didn't drown out the audio. That's what always bothers me. Yeah. Like that documentary I was watching last night. I was like, you don't need all this music. I mean, I kind of like it, but you don't need to, you know, you're kind of taken away from the, the message, I think. Um, yeah. Let's stay on the conspiracy sort of, uh, topic here because I want to show this. This is nazis in uh at the university of wisconsin and we'll it's it's only 15 seconds long we'll watch it and then we'll talk about it and if All right, so everybody in that video has a mask on. Everybody that's chanting, that's doing the Nazi salute, uh, everybody's wearing a mask, which to me says these are hired people sent to pretend to be Nazis so that people can say, oh, my God, there's Nazis. Like, I, if you're an actual proud Nazi, you're not going to cover your face up, you know? You have no reason to, because you're a fucking Nazi. Like he, he, it, it, it just doesn't make sense to me. And I think if I had seen this five years ago, I would have thought, "Oh fuck, there's Nazis." The same way that I thought when all the Tiki Torch guys were going around in uh, Charlottesville back in 2017 or whatever. Like at the time, I was like, "Man, that sucks that so many Trump supporters think like these guys do." And now I look back at that and I think, well, obviously the Tiki Torch guys were fucking hired or they were part of a, a an anti-Trump sort of group. They're all wearing the same clothes. They all have the same shit. Like that's a staged thing, clearly. So I, that's the same way I think about this. Like the moment I saw it, I was like, there's not Nazis in at the University of Wisconsin. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was all bullshit too, and and especially looking back on the the tiki torch guys, I think that was all bullshit. It, it's it's not, you know, it, it's hard for people to believe, but I, I I like to think that maybe people are are waking up to all that stuff. I mean, it, they're they're paid actors, just like the migrant caravans back in the midterms when Trump was president. It, it you know you, it, it's all bullshit. It, well, it's, a a lot of them aren't even paid. They're just into the idea of hell yeah i'll do that like i'll show up they're they're activists you know they're they're trying to sway public opinion so it fits their narrative and they're like you know they're sitting around in their little meetings and shit and they're like that sucks that there's not enough like i wish a group of nazis would actually do something so then we could go around and be like see what these nazis are doing and they're like, they probably sent teams out. Like, let's go fucking find some. Let's infiltrate some. And then they were like, oh, fuck, there, there aren't any. <laughs> and 
And they're like, well, let's just make our own. We get, let's get on Amazon and order 20 of, of everything. Let's all get matching pants and matching outfits. It's yeah. almost it's almost like that movie. I, I feel like it was a, one of the Fletch movies back in the day where they were like, um, there's a scene with the clan and they were like, you know, very disorganized and they couldn't get their cross to light. And <laughs> there was like nine of them and they're like, remember the good old days? And they're just like, you know, I have a joke about that. Like, I don't know if the clan's as relevant as they're trying to make it out to be. I bet there's like eight of those buttholes left sitting around a campfire drinking Evan Williams. This is our year, Jebediah. Wake <laughs> up, man. Come on, white power. Um, which sometimes does well and sometimes just gets me stared at. So, whatever. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> I can see it going both ways. Um, all right, let's. Uh, I just want to rifle through some of these. I'm trying to find the shorter ones. Here's a, a thing from Chappelle's special. And uh, I, half of me is like, yeah, that's cool that Chappelle thinks that. And then the other half is like, well, he's still kind of shitting on the guy. But, uh, but here it's this. What am I going to do if Trump get reelected? Probably get a significant tax break. Yeah, that was it. But like I, I in if you break down the idea of the joke, he's saying Trump gives tax breaks to rich people. Uh so I don't I, like I'm not fully on board with it. Like, I don't think the audience understands why they were clapping at it necessarily. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like you said, the the people who hate Trump are like, that's all he does is help out rich people. And I'm like, that's not true. You dumbass. It's just not true. Yeah. It's it's percentages, man. Like you can you can flip any statistic any way that you want. So people say like rich people only pay two percent and poor people pay ten percent or whatever the case and it's like yeah but that rich guy's two percent is a thousand times more than your ten percent so he's still paying more in taxes like it's i forget the numbers but i know like i'm gonna say at least 75 percent of taxes are paid by people that make over Five hundred thousand dollars a year. That's just a pure guess. But if somebody wants to fact check that and tell me I'm a lying piece of shit, then please do. Well, I know that Obama passed something called the millionaire's tax, which sounds good and makes people think it's only rich people getting taxed. But that was actually they called it the millionaire's tax. But it was actually people who made who grossed two hundred fifty thousand dollars a year, which, again, sounds like a lot. But if you have a small blurb update uh, today on Epstein. Sorry. Go ahead. Okay. If you if you have a small business or something, two hundred fifty thousand gross is not near what people think it is because you have employees and you have all kinds of expenses and shit. So, you know, and to call it a millionaire's tax when it's seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year less than a million, I think that's very misleading. And but it just gets people on board with yeah, fuck the rich. And it's like, well, I agree with that to a point not fuck them but um you know but everything excuse me everything is so misleading it's it's very annoying yeah it is and but it's like you can still take in if a statistic says you know 30 percent of people support trudeau then you they would put something on the news that's like a full third of canadians support 
Trudeau. And it's like, yeah, but that means 66% hate the guy. So you can put make the news story however you want. You know what I mean? Like, and that's how it is with everything. They just bend it to, to where it makes sense for their side. And I'm not saying I my side doesn't do the same thing. They do, but whatever. All right. Yeah. Well, let's the this Epstein thing is uh, kind of interesting. Hopefully more comes out about him in the future, but we'll talk about that in a moment. Little blurb update today on Epstein. It was showing a photo of him at Disney. He's sitting down at the table, piglets behind him. It's him and another guy sitting down, and this guy is holding this girl, like, by her <laughs> arms like this. That same girl is in another photo with Epstein. They're on the plane. She's, like, laying, she's sleeping. She's laying down, and he's holding her like this. Then, come to find out, Disney sent kids to his island for snorkeling trips for, like, nine years. Snorkeling Holy and shit, and their cruise sense. their cruise ships uh, made stops at his island all the time. Dude. Wow, yeah, that's that's interesting too. But it makes me wonder: like, either terrible things happened to all of them, and they were threatened to keep quiet, or see because okay, if you're if you're on a Disney tour or whatever, it's you and let's say a hundred other kids. And you go on a snorkeling thing at this island. You don't know what Epstein even means. You're just going to an island to go snorkeling. And uh, I assume a lot of those people probably had a really good time and nothing terrible happened. You know what I mean? But if that's the case, then where are those stories now? I haven't heard a single story that's like, dude, I went on a Disney snorkeling trip to Epstein Island when I was a kid. It's fine nothing weird happened like i none of those have come out so it i just question all of that because it's i mean he was he was literally put in jail for trafficking humans not just children but underage girls as well and then he he got murdered clearly like didn't kill himself and then we just stopped talking about it like i it's there's people in power that do not want that guy talked about. And it's, uh, it's, uh, I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. Well, and why, why would he even want a bunch of kids on his Island snorkeling unless, I mean, I've got one kid and I love him more than anything, but man, it's a lot of, I don't know. I just don't under, I don't, I don't trust people who like other people's children that much. <laughs> Yeah. Well, and I imagine they didn't just send these kids by themselves. I would assume their families and stuff went also, but I, they didn't specify that. And then as far as the first half of that video where it just shows a random young child with her face blurred out, like, I don't know who the person was. I don't know who that kid is, but I feel like that if that could be easily explained, then it's probably out there somewhere. Somebody's like, no, that's so-and-so's daughter, and there's so-and-so right there. Like, Epstein was just a good guy just holding the baby. Like, what's the big deal? It, that could totally be the case with that. That's what's fucked up about all of this, is that even if you are a, a child trafficker or child murderer or whatever, you might still be a good uncle or... or it, nice to your friends kids or whatever the case you know so like every picture isn't damning you know what i mean it's like when yeah. they show when they show pictures of of trump or or any political person really where they'll do a rally somewhere and then they'll do photographs afterward and they're just taking pictures with everybody you know 
And then some news story will come up that's like, look at who who Trump took a picture with, famed white supremacist. Uh, and Trump's like, dude, I, that guy was in a line of a thousand people. Like, I spent five seconds with him. I, I don't know what you expect. It's not like we're friends. Yeah. Hey, speaking of that, and we never talked about this, and I wasn't really prepared to talk about it, but it reminded me of uh, RFK Jr. recently admitted that he'd been on Epstein Island and been on his plane a couple times. Do you know anything about that? No. Okay. Well, I know that there's a, a clip of him admitting it, and that's one of those things, too, that you don't know if they've manipulated it um, to look you know, a certain way. I mean, he did admit that he'd been to his island and I don't know um I don't know I don't know anything about it so I just wondered if you did uh let's see according to the New York Daily News um or here I'm going to click on Newsweek they're usually pretty lefty RFK Jr caught in lie about Jeffrey Epstein flight uh, he said in a televised interview that he had flown on his private jet twice uh, weeks after telling Newsweek that he had only taken one flight on his aircraft. Um, yada, yada, yada. I think that's all it says about it. So I was on Jeffrey Epstein's jet two times, he responded. I was on it in 1993. I went to Florida with my wife and two children to visit my mom over Easter. My mom had some kind of relationship with Ghislaine Maxwell, and they offered us a ride to Palm Beach. Um, on another occasion, I flew with my family, four of my children, and my wife to Rapid City, South Dakota to go fossil hunting for a weekend. So that's weird. I wonder, like, if Epstein was actually on that flight or if he was just like, no, man, like, take my jet. Don't worry about it. But it doesn't say that he went to the island. Um, well, I, I haven't heard much about RFK Jr. lately at all for some reason. Yeah, me neither. Well, that's because he lost, like, you were only hearing about him because the right-wing news was talking about him because he was saying things that we all agree with you know he was like these vaccines are dangerous covid wasn't as bad as they said it was fucking whatever else he was saying and then people were like oh wait he he thinks climate change is is a scary big deal and and oh he was friends his mom was friends with galane maxwell like i don't know it's stuff like that that makes people just be like yeah i don't know man but then also the other half of it is that the left-leaning news is not talking about him anymore either. They were they were giving him the Trump treatment at first, which is like it's a news story for them to be like, look at what this piece of shit's trying to do. And then after a few weeks of that, then people were like, I don't know, man, I kind of agree with them. And so then the higher-ups are just like, cut it. Stop, stop saying anything about it. Yeah. So both sides don't want him in the race because... Really, I think it would just be a wash, you know, like because there are I don't think there's any Trump supporters who would not vote for Trump and vote for RFK instead. But there are definitely Republicans who don't want to vote for Trump, who would be like, I, I mean, I like him better than Biden, you know, who if he wasn't in the race probably would like uh, what do they call it? Like bite your tongue. No, hold their nose and vote for Trump, you know. Yeah. But if, if somebody like that's in the race, then they might not. So it would take votes away from Trump. But then also, 
it it would take votes away from Biden too, because people want any reason to not vote for Biden. Yeah, I, whenever I hear those polls, I I just can't trust any of them. I don't, you know, I don't, I, I don't, I can't be in everyone's head. I don't know what everyone's thinking about that. But I, and, and I'm in my own little bubble too. But I, I just can't imagine people still being like, I'm still voting for Biden. I mean, if if I hated Trump that much, I just wouldn't vote at all. I mean, I don't know. I just can't. It's it's hard for me to wrap my brain around how anyone can support anything. Joe Biden does, but I don't, I don't know. They probably see things that I don't also, to be fair. Well, Biden's got a lower approval rating than Trump had at, let's see. Trump's lowest approval rating was 35%, I think is what I see here. And Biden is currently sitting at, well, 38 and his disapproval is at 55. So he's pretty close to the lowest that Trump ever was. And I mean, I look at that as like any Democrat poll, 25% or or not percent, but like if you just do it math wise, if the percentage is 38%, 25 of that is people that are just going to say anything that's not Republican or not Trump or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that leaves what? 13% of, of all voters who are like, no, I legitimately like the guy. Which in my mind is still a lot of people that are stupid, but. Oh, it absolutely is, dude. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. He's just a disgrace. If, if, you know, we can talk about that documentary a little bit more towards the end of this, but um you know, that, that documentary was like, he's not even alive. That was his funeral. And I don't know. Yeah. Like stuff like that. I see. I am not sure about, but they did show a couple of actors that could play Joe Biden. And that one guy looks a lot like yeah. the, the president that we currently have, but still like, I, I feel like that's too far into the weeds and I try to stay out of the weeds, you know? Uh, well, that's not true because I'm like sitting here being like, I think that Q is real and I think all of this stuff, but I'm like, I don't, I don't take it as far as, I don't know. Yeah. If, if Q is not real and that documentary is not on point about a lot of things, they've sure put a lot of effort into this fiction if that's what it is, you know? Yeah. And I mean, why why haven't they posted anything in in over a year or at least almost a year? I forget, or it might have been several years now. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just interesting. But there's just so many little cue things that pop up in my mind all the time when I read news stories, you know. And and it one of them that sticks out is uh, several times Q would say like. And they, they explained it in a longer paragraph at one point, but then they would just reference it and it would just say like drip, 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 and then a flood or an avalanche or whatever. And every Q post is like that, where like the users have to read it and then discuss it and be like, well, do you think it means this? And then so people were just talking about, no, they're talking about information. Like they're just going to slowly drip information out here and there saying like how these people are corrupt and stuff like that. And at some point the, the dam's going to break. 
and something that they put out is going to open everybody's eyes and then it's just going to be a flood of information and people are going to be like fuck man they've been lying about everything so yeah. i i really hope that that's the case i i just i hope that this is the i hope 2024 is the last year that we have to live in fear the way that that i currently am and i'm not scared of people or anything i'm just scared of the future right now you know i'm scared of what could happen and like we've said before like if america falls there's there's nowhere we can go where it's going to be equal to this it's going to be worse than america no matter where the fuck we are and we as like every citizen like i've also said before me and you being males we could go to the United Arab Emirates and probably live a pretty badass life. And, uh, but we wouldn't like women are covering their faces and shit like that, you know? So it's yeah. like, yeah, you know, women don't have rights, but come on, you'll have fun. <laughs> yeah. Plus I got a wife and boy I would have to bring with me. And, uh, I don't know if she would take to the whole burqa thing or whatever the fuck she'd have to do. Yeah, I don't know either, man. And that's and I don't even know if that's how the, the UAE is. But I know a lot of uh, countries over in that vicinity are exactly like that, where it's like, you know, and nobody. It's another example of the hypocrisy, I guess, like when they talk, there were some stories in Saudi Arabia, I think, when Trump was president and they were talking about how like women are getting driver's licenses again for the first time since the 70s or something like that. Uh, and I don't know if that was directly Trump doing that, but it was during his time, you know, and then uh, Biden does his Afghanistan withdrawal and shit. And then I start seeing stories about like, yeah, women aren't allowed to go to school anymore or read like that was something from the past. And now it's now that we're back in charge, we're back to the way things are supposed to be, which is women don't need to learn nothing. <laughs> but and if that had happened under Trump, then you would they would do stories about how Trump is ruining even the Middle East that's barely hanging on by a thread trump is making it worse but because it's biden then it's just not even talked about you know yeah yeah um where do we want to go here um i think do you want to talk uh hear this guy talk about god or do you want to hear mr rogers talk about males and females or uh you want to hear this motivational ufc guy um gosh they all sound so different um well how long is the god thing it's uh two minutes all right let's let's hear about god <laughs> to fill in the story of the rest of the uh, beginning of the universe god spiritual matter impact on material matter okay so two questions all right go ahead all right, your question, where did God come from, assumes that you're thinking of the wrong, uh, obviously it displays that you're thinking of the wrong God, because the God of the Bible is not affected by time, space, or matter. If he's, if he's affected by time, space, or matter, he's not God. Time, space, and matter is what we call a continuum. All of them have to come into existence at the same instant, because if there were matter but no space, where... I just want to pause and say that I hate the way this guy says matter. I wish he would just say matter like a normal person, but I digress. Where would you put it? 
If there were matter in space but no time, when would you put it? You cannot have time, space, or matter independently. They have to come into existence simultaneously. The Bible answers that in ten words. In the beginning, there's time. God created the heaven, there's space, and the earth, there's matter. So you have time, space, matter created, a trinity of trinities there, just, you know, time is past, present, future, space has length, width, height, matter has solid, liquid, gas, you have a trinity of trinities created instantaneously, and the God who created them has to be outside of them. If he's limited by time, he's not God. The guy who created this computer is not in the computer, he's not running around in there changing the numbers on the screen, okay? The God who created this universe is outside of the universe. He's above it, beyond it, in it, through it. He's, he's unaffected by it. So for, and the, I, the concept that a, a spiritual uh, force cannot have any effect on a material body, well then I guess you'd have to explain to me things like emotions and love and hatred and envy and jealousy and, and rationality. I mean, if your brain is just a random collection of chemicals that form by chance over billions of years, how on earth can you trust your own reasoning processes and the thoughts that you, you think? Okay? So, Your, your question, where did God come from, is assuming a limited God. And that's your problem. The God that I worship is not limited by time, space, or matter. If I could fit the infinite God in my three-pound brain, he would not be worth worshiping, that's for certain. So that's the God that I worship. Thank you. Well said, random guy. <clears throat> it was well said, but I mean, it, it will drive you crazy if you try to think like, well, what started God? Like, how there had to be a beginning to something. Um, yeah. You know, that, that kind of thing will drive you crazy. But everything had to have some kind of beginning. And it's just, I don't know. It's hard to wrap your brain around some of that stuff. But yeah, uh, it either had to have a beginning or it's infinite, which is, uh, I'm going to turn this light on. There we go. Yeah. Um, and infinity is almost harder for me to wrap my brain around than the idea of somebody just poofing shit into existence, you know? Yeah. People that are like, no, it's always been there. Always. And it's like, I don't know, man. Like, there it can't just always have existed. Like, it, it, there has to be a beginning of it. And they say that's what the Big Bang is. But what smushed everything down? Like, I don't know. And yeah, what started what, the what started the Big Bang? Like I've always. And I've what always, are the like the the way that that math works and stuff like that? Like why are the laws what they are? You know, like you can at, put numbers to them. You know, like gravity pushes down on you at this rate, and it's like why why that exact number? You know, like why isn't it a little bit different? and who chose that i don't know it's all i before computers and stuff the simulation theory was called the brain in a vat theory which is uh like back in the i don't know 1700s or whatever a guy hypothesized like we could just somebody could take our brain out put it in a in a vat whatever the fuck a vat is like a thing you put brains in and uh and poke some wires in it and shit and just make us experience all of this stuff. But they, you know, it was a, a crude example of it then because they didn't have computers and shit like that. They just imagined somebody poking at our brain. But now that's the same, basically, as simulation theory. Like maybe we are in a simulation 
or maybe we're in the millionth simulation. Like Elon talked about that during an interview once, which is like, if we get to the point that we can create a simulation that's that's powerful enough to trick ourselves into thinking that we're in some kind of a real world, then who's to say that within that simulation, somebody doesn't make another simulation? And, and then we jump into that one, and it seems real also. And that could happen over and over again a million times. Maybe we're a million levels deep. And so when we die here, we wake up one simulation up from where we are and then we continue living that life and then die there and wake up in the next one and uh, who knows shit's fucked up <laughs> yeah i mean it's all very you know like makes you want to eat mushrooms and be like i'm just gonna figure it out yeah it kind of does but i can't i'm i can't eat mushrooms at home right now because uh my grandma is 92 and at any, I don't live with her or anything, but I live five minutes away. And at any moment, she could call and be like, "Hey, will you come over?" and uh, and then she'll just have some task for me. And so, if I did mushrooms right now, I would just be panicked the whole time. Like, is that my phone? Did she call? Is she gonna call? Oh God, what if she does? I can't yeah. imagine it. Or even worse, if there was an emergency and she's like, Mike, I need you right now. And you'd be like, I'm tripping my balls off, Grandma. <laughs> right. She's like, the police are here. I need you to speak to them. I'd be like, oh, this is a setup. Uh, <clears throat> all right. Where do we want to go here? Um, well, let's do one of the other things that I just said. Uh, we'll do the UFC guy. It's uh, it's pretty short. I forget this guy's name. He's talking to Joe Rogan, though, and. He just makes good points and it makes me feel like a piece of shit because I'm like, yeah, I should get up and do stuff. But then I just sit down and play a dumb game on my phone. I'm like, I need to collect my treasure chests. Uh, all right. Here's this thing. Yes, sir. Hey, sure, sure. Listen up. I want to say something. People. Earth. I need to say something. Listen to me. I hope every one of you behind the screens on this arena can feel this level of happiness just one time in your life. I hope all of you can feel how happy I am just one time in your life. But guess what? You will never feel this level of happiness if you don't go for something in your own life. When they knock you down, when they try on you, when they talk about you, and they try to put their foot on your neck, if you stay down, you will never ever get that resolve. Fortify your mind and feel this level of happiness as you rise. One time in your life, but I'm blessed to be able to feel this again and again and again and again and again. <laughs> that gave me goosebumps. I like that. Yeah. That, awesome. that was a good example of good, good, appropriate music in the background. Right. And, you know, you can bag on yourself if you want, but, man, you just put out a special. It's doing really well, and you're you're making efforts to make people see it. And, you know, it doesn't have to be fighting somebody or, or whatever. Right. But Yeah, no, that's true, but I still I need to. I've been paying this Planet Fitness bill for the last three years and haven't stepped inside at once. <laughs> so every day I'm like, and I drive by it every day. I'm like, nope, not today. <laughs> but one day when I was in shape, man, when I was actually doing stuff, I would go in. My favorite thing was the stair thing. 
not the like weird woman thing, but the one that's like an actual set of stairs that you just walk up for hours and hours. And I would do, dude, just dripping sweat. I was in the best shape of my life. And then I just stopped. Yeah. Well, you should try to get back into that again. I mean, I, I if, know. If it wasn't for, I mean, I exercise almost every day at some level and, and uh, it always makes me feel better. Yesterday I woke up in this, because they have us in this apartment and it's it's a decent apartment, I guess, but it's it's just kind of depressing here and uh, I was just feeling like a piece of shit and I went for a long walk and I did a bunch of push-ups and, and it doesn't have to be, you know, like anything crazy, but um, yep. that's, that's the best part about living in California is that there's no excuse to not exercise like when it's super cold it sucks but um you know that that's that's the best part of living there is it's always nice well that's what i need to do that's this is what i did last time when i got in shape because i i got in shape because i quit smoking weed and so i was bored and needed something to fill the time you know so i was like fuck it i'll go to the gym and uh and that started in february so then by the time April or May rolled around and it was nice outside, I was in good enough shape to go jogging outside and not feel like a fat ass, you know, like, so I don't know. It's, it's whatever, but I'll get back into it. I just, I go through phases, I guess in my life, but now I'm starting, I'm 42 now. So now I'm starting to realize like, yeah, you don't have a lot of time to be waiting for the next phase. You might as well kickstart that some bitch right now, you know? Yeah, but, you should start doing push-ups or uh, or lifting a little bit of weights or something. Especially as you get older, that's that's probably a better thing to do actually than than anything else. But um, you know, it, it, as long as you're consistent, I don't think it matters what you do really. Yep, I know that's my problem though is that I just don't do anything. Yeah. Anyway, let's have. Uh, I like how Mister Rogers died when I don't remember. In the last 10 years, I'm going to guess. He might have died way before that, but he did all this boy-girl stuff, and now people that are against the idea of people being trans are like, even Mr. Rogers knew what he was talking about. And I'm not saying that I'm for the idea. I think it's ridiculous, but I also think, like, you know, do whatever you want, dude. Just I'm, I have the same... I don't get religious about it where I'm like, what you're doing is wrong. I'm just like, hey, don't teach kids this stuff. Like little kids don't need to even think about this stuff. But anyway, let's watch this real quick and we'll talk about afterwards. See the difference between these two dogs? Rose is a dog that was born a dog. And Bob Dog is a person dressed up to look like a dog. Boys are boys from the beginning. Mm -hmm. Girls are girls right from the start. That's the way it is with many pretend characters like that. They are people inside big costumes. I realized no matter if I would have gone every surgery, continue with hormones, I realized I would have never been a woman. Children don't start out one thing and then change into another. Dad, I'm trans. No. A girl baby doesn't change into a boy baby. And a boy baby doesn't change into a girl baby. All kinds of things to think about. Yeah, I think it's the same. When I see a, 
a, a guy dressed up like a woman, I get the same feeling that I get when I see a guy holding a megaphone. And I'm just like, I don't know what this guy's deal is, but I know that I'm not going to like what he's what his opinions are and shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I know this guy's going to I say it all the time. He's going to be a circus. He's going to make people turn their heads and look at him and fucking listen to whatever. Like, I don't we're people. We we are we're meant to talk to our friends and shit and we're meant to move through life and not be interrupted by other people's bullshit, you know? And that's, that's what I think when I see a guy with a megaphone, I'm like, don't tell me your bullshit. You're a stranger to me, dude. Like, I don't need to know that. And it doesn't, you're just, I don't know. It just bothers me. Cause it's like, it's a selfish thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, what bothers me the most are that them cramming it down children's throat and even bringing it up. And, you know, you don't need to talk about sex on any level with small children. Um, you know, and, and I've said a million times on this podcast, if you want to teach your kid how to treat people, you just show them. You're just nice to people and respectful of people. And and then that's how they learn, you know. Um, so but you don't cram all that other shit down their throat and it's just very disturbing that they, they would even bring that up. And, and I think I brought this up a couple of weeks ago, but there's a lady on a plane that I was talking to and she um, didn't want to talk about same sex marriage to her eight year olds. Cause she was like a third grade teacher and they, they wrote her up for it. And I guess she gets written up three times. She gets fired and um, her principal even agreed with her that she shouldn't have to talk about that stuff. But the principal still had to write her up. And I just think that's all very wrong. Yeah. Well, cause the principal doesn't run the school, the school board does, you know? Yeah. So the principal's going, Hey man, I, if I support you, I get fired. Yeah. And, and so that's, uh, you know, in the, in the Marxist view of things or whatever, if you want to take over the education system, the first thing you do is elect school board members that are going to, vote for your bullshit you know so then it doesn't matter what the teachers say it doesn't matter what the principal thinks like and you can't do it the other way you can't start hiring woke teachers before you have the school board in place because the school board will just be like no like you can't fucking no if you got a wiener you go to the guy's bathroom that's the way it is like i don't know it's so that gets into the soros sort of shit where it's like he could spend a hundred million dollars to get a president elected, or he could spend a hundred million dollars to get a hundred different school board members elected all across the country. Like if I, if I, if I want to become school board guy in fucking Wichita, Kansas, I only need to spend 50 grand or something, you know, buy some radio ads or something, just get my name out there and, and I'll beat whoever else I run against. Like, you can do that all over the country, and now you've got a hundred school board members that are all going to vote the exact way that you want them to. So, I don't know. It's uh, it's all fucked up. Oh, we're at an hour. Do you want to pile through some videos real quick, or do you want to just cut it cut it out? Well, I mean, unless if there's some videos you really want to show, we can show them. And if not, we should talk about a little bit about that uh, documentary that I watched last night. Um, I don't, I don't even know if you call it a documentary, um, but it was called uh, The Greatest Show on Earth. And, and 
you know, some of it did make a lot of sense as far as, I mean, I think you have to go to like lion.tv or something like that to see it. Um, and did you say they made that a year ago? I don't know when they made that. It was at, at least after the inauguration because they had a bunch of inauguration shit in there. So it was made in, since at least 21. I don't know how uh, recent it is, though. Well, they did talk a lot about like executive orders and all that stuff and continuity of, continuity of government. Um, and it was it was just very interesting. And it, it kind of gave me a little bit of hope. And then there's some things like you were saying earlier through text message about like, well, I don't think that guy folding his hands mean he was meaning he was submitting to Trump necessarily or any of that stuff. But it was interesting that Trump went on like this tour of all the other. Yes. Of all these countries. I, I forget what they call it. Um, I forget what they call it. There's a, the capitulation tour or whatever. Um, right after he was elected. And it was basically getting all these countries to get on board with getting rid of the deep state that that actually runs everything. Um, and it, it, it made a lot of sense and it kind of gave me hope that that's what's going on right now. And something about the Biden tr presidency has never rang true to me, not just cause I don't like him, but because it just seems so different than any other inauguration. It seems so, you know, they, they, it goes against the 20th amendment. Like even when they swore him in, um, and all these little things that like, well, why, in this presidency, would they go away from even to swear him in? Why would they do it differently than they had for the other 46 presidents? Why would that be a thing? And it goes along with what Derek Johnson's always been saying about like the military is actually in control because when they came up with the constitution and everything, they put these things in place so no government could get too out of hand. Um, and I, I hope it's true. I hope it is right. I hope the military is in charge of of all these things because, you know, there has to be some kind of backup, so to speak, for if the government goes off the rails, which this administration to me seems to be doing. Um, so I, I can't like surmise the whole documentary. It would take forever with that. That's all we would have talked about today. But um, But it was great. I mean, as far as, you know, wanting to believe it and and the sword dance in saudi arabia and all these things that that trump did that no other country had let any other president do before like even the sumo champion in japan um him giving the trophy to the guy which has never been a thing ever until trump came along and just all these things getting in front of the queen and and all that shit, you know yeah um, all that stuff so yeah, the sword dance was a big deal uh, when it first happened uh, on the, you know, internet boards and all that stuff. People are like, no, this has never happened before in the history of the world. They've never had an, an American, well, in the history of America, at least, like they've never had an American president here and done this particular thing for them. And that sword dance was like something that you do when you're, going into a war together or something along those lines. It was something super duper rare. And that happened in a lot of different countries. You know, he got to go into the forbidden city, wherever the fuck that is in China. When he visited China, he got like a, if you compare Trump's red carpet uh, exit off of air force one, when he got to China, there's like 
all these people there dressed in their super awesome Chinese stuff and and greeting him and all of that stuff. And then it shows when Obama went a few years before that. And it's just like two guys in their limo like over here, buddy. Like, come on. Like they China was like, fuck you, America, when Obama visited. And then when Trump visited, they were like, lay out the red carpet. Give him give him everything. So I that's just, it's all all of it by itself is like, yes. Yeah, so what? No big deal. Like they so they did a thing for a guy. And it's like, yeah, but then it happened 10 more times in 10 other countries like that right. kind of shit. Like, so explain that. And they're like, ah, you're just a conspiracy theorist, dude. I'm like, yeah, I and, don't know. I think and, shit's going on. Yeah, and the gist of it is that they're the politicians, most presidents for the last hundred years have been essentially just working for the 13 most wealthy families in the world. Um, and I don't even know who the 13 most wealthy families are, but there's, you know, the Rockefellers and Rothschilds are worth like 500 trillion apiece. And so there's 11 more families just like that. I mean, geez, you talk about controlling the world's wealth. I mean, that's between 13 families. I mean, I, I don't even know the numbers beyond trillions and zillions. I mean, what the fuck? Um, what quadrillion is next? But well, and quintillion, and, uh, and then what is it? Sextillion, and then septillion, then octillion, and then whatever nine is. Yeah. So there's 11 other families besides those two. Um, and that kind of stuff makes a lot of sense to me when you have that kind of money and power um, that actually run everything. And so the gist of it is that these all these other countries are on board with essentially going to war with them and getting out from under their thumb. And and, uh, you know, you'd have to watch the again, I keep calling it a documentary, but it wasn't really a documentary so much as and it talks about the Vegas shooting and how that was a deep state operation and. And we've talked about that before, about how quickly that got out of the news when that was so much bigger casualty wise than any other shooting in, in history. And they literally within three or four days were done talking about it. And they talk about this guy, Ben Solman versus Al Waleed or however you say it. And Ben Solman is the good guy, the Saudi Arabian guy. And um it was just all very interesting and in, in the Derek Johnson stuff about the executive orders and and you touched on it a month or two ago. Maybe it's been a few months now already about the the things that Biden would have done well for himself to have gotten rid of. But he extended these executive orders. Um, so it almost it almost gives credence to the the theory that that Biden is doing what the Trump people tell him to do. Um, because otherwise he would have just gotten rid of those executive orders rather than extending them. Mm -hmm. um, so it's just, it's interesting, man. And I, I, I've, I've just had a hard time believing that we're going down this dark path and we're not going to come back from it. I, I, I hope and pray that, that, that it, it is true and that Trump is Trump and the white hats and all these people are, are setting all this stuff up and it takes a long time. And, this country's been brainwashed for a long time and it takes a long time to undo that shit. So I'm hoping it's true. Me too. And I'm hoping for a, whatever they call it, a financial Jubilee where they're like, every debt that you have is now officially wiped away. <laughs> and I'm like, fuck yes. Let's start over at zero.
Yeah, and get our own currency. I mean, America, you know, I've said this, I don't know how many times on this podcast, but America, as great as it is, and as wealthy as it is, uh, we could all be just kicking ass and millionaires and, and only good comedians get noticed instead of people who are just good with the internet and all that shit. And, but anyway, um, I, I just think that and, and hope that my, my boy's either going to grow up in one of two worlds. He's going to grow up in a world that's a shell of America that's a shell of itself, or he's going to grow up in the greatest time in history of the history of this country. And I'm sure hoping that it's the second one. <laughs> yeah, I hope so, too, man. But it's like the it's the old saying. Uh, uh, what do they say? Strong men make easy times. Easy times make weak men uh and weak men make hard times and hard times make strong men so it's it's a cycle you know like when things are good then you're not fighting for your country or or whatever you know you're not trying to make them better because they're good so it may and and i feel like i'm I hope that I'm the beginning of the strong man phase, but most of my life I've felt like the, the weak guy because and my dad kind of explained this to me once he talked about how his dad worked really hard, like fucking, you know, 18 hour days, seven days a week, his whole life. And he taught that to my dad. He would make my dad get up before the sunrise and bail hay and do that kind of shit. And, and so then my dad said, like, I always told myself, like, one day I'm going to I'm going to work hard enough that I will have enough money so that my kids won't have to work as hard as I did. And that's exactly what happened. And but where did that lead? That led to me not working hard and not being taught to work hard, you know. So now here, and I think that's a lot of my generation are people that just. You know, anything you want, you can order it on your phone. And uh, it's we're just we're lazy We're we are weak. This is a weak generation. But hopefully there's enough of us that are enough of them, I guess, that aren't weak, that are going to help push us through this, you know. And I know like I'm I'm weak as far as strength and or like physical strength. And I'm weak as far as uh uh, whatever the word is productivity and shit, but I don't think I'm weak in my brain. I don't think that my uh, opinions are weak necessarily. So I, I somewhat doing my part, you know, but I, I know I could definitely be doing more, but I don't know what that is, I guess, other than running for something, maybe I'll run for school board. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, I think, you know, we're doing our small part and, and it's just going to keep getting better, I think, to, uh, you know, to help wake people up. I mean, all this stuff is important, you know, even even my 9-11 stuff that I've been doing on stage lately, um, you know, people appreciate it. And, and, and I'm getting better at not worrying about not getting laughs through all of it, because a lot of it is just it's not supposed to be funny. And I'm figuring out how to make a good point about it and then get a laugh following it because that is my job. But, um, it's also to wake people up. So, you know, we've all got our, our, our part. And, and I think we just have to keep, keep pushing forward and, and trying to, to do and say the right things. Cause like we've said, even if we're wrong about this stuff, we're, we're wrong for the right reasons. Like we, we, 
want to buy into the fact that something's not right here and it can be fixed and we just need to not buy into the bullshit that mainstream media and and the powers that be are trying to cram down our throats because we all know that something's not right even if you don't want to admit it you know yeah hold on i want to find if i can oh maybe i won't be able to hold on here there was a a thing that anthony jeselnik said the other day during an interview and he was talking about oh maybe this is it about comedians trying to oh i'll just let him say it hold on here and then we'll wrap up after this all right share my screen x share is that up yeah there's something up there I can't see it. Are we supposed to be able to see it? Do you what? I can't hear anything. Oh, well, then fuck that. <laughs> okay. If, if you can't hear it, then no reason to play it. Now, how do I unshare this screen? All right. Well, thanks for watching the last two minutes. That was all stupid and pointless. <laughs> Well, what 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 was the gist of what he said? Was it good or bad? He was talking about comics that are like that upset people on stage and then people go on the internet and complain about how their jokes upset them and shit and he was like basically saying like that's wrong. Like people and this was Anthony Jeselnik saying this. He was like the point of comedy is to be funny. Like you can say whatever terrible thing you want, but if people leave going Oh man, I I disagree with everything that guy said, but I had a good time. Like that's how you're supposed to do it. And he used like a few examples, Matt Reif and somebody else, where they just uh, the internet goes off on them for the terrible things that they said on stage. And and I think his Jeselnik's point was like, if it's funny, nobody will will say stuff like that. It, if it's undeniably funny, they won't be able to shit on it. So I don't know. I don't know what the point was, but that's just what I thought of when you were talking about, you know, saying controversial things on stage and whatnot. Like it doesn't, I was always taught like the 51% funny rule. Do you remember that? No, I never heard that. They were like, you can, you can talk about literally anything you want, but it has to be at least 51% funny. Otherwise it's the other thing. So yeah. you can have a homophobic joke if you want, but if it's not at least 51% funny, then it's more homophobic than it is a joke. And that's how people are going to look at it. So if, if, with your act, if you have a conspiracy theory joke or whatever, if it's funnier than it is a conspiracy theory, then people, even if they don't agree with it, are going to go, God damn it. Yeah, that's, that's funny. That's good yeah. right there. And then yeah. they're still thinking about it, you know, but if yeah. it's, if it's less than 51% funny, then you're just a weirdo up there just barking conspiracy theories and people are like, all right, what's the point, you know? Yeah. So well, I don't know. It's just another reason why comedy is awesome. Cause you're like, how do I take this thought that I have in my head and 
and make a hundred random people know exactly the point that I'm trying to make. Yeah. Well, we could go on all day, but uh, I haven't eaten today and I'm freaking starving. So let's wrap this up and uh, make sure you keep watching Mike's special and buy tickets to my show at the Omaha Funny Bone, January 5 and 6. Yeah. And hey, when you put this up, is you put it on Rockfin before anything else, right? Yeah. And then you is there a box to write a description? Um, On Rockfin? Yeah, I'll, ha I'll have my wife do that, though. You can just send me. You can send this this podcast to her and she'll take care of that shit. Yeah, I'll do that. But my point is, we I always hear this on other shows where they're like, link in the description. So we should have that with, we, we can't do it with every video that we do because I it, that would be a pain in the ass. But when we talk about things like this, like my comedy special, your tickets to Omaha, uh, whatever other thing we were just talking about, oh, that, that documentary thing, like, you can put links to all of those in the description of this video and then people can click on it and watch it when we talk about shit, you know? Okay. Well, I'll make sure that she has that. that <laughs> You're like, I will tell her to do that. And <laughs> so, well, all right. Okay. We're, we're good, right? That's the end. That's it. All right. Thanks everybody. We appreciate you and we're going to go eat food. God bless all of you. Goodbye. Goodbye.